Hey friends, can't wait till Wednesdays to get your Modern Mamas fixed. Join us on Patreon. You can choose your tier and when you subscribe, you'll get bonus content, early access to retreat, first peeks at new swag, plus shout outs and even real time monthly virtual hangs with us. Visit patreon.com forward slash modern mamas podcast to check it out and support the podcast. It truly means the world to us. We are so grateful for you and for this community. I love mama. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Modern Mamas podcast. We are two modern mamas here to inspire empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, open minds, and joy, no matter your journey or perspective. I'm Laura of Radical Roots. I'm a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Evie Wilder and Indy Bow. I love outdoor adventure, good food, especially sourdough, and mindful movement. And I'm Jess of Hold the Space Wellness. I'm a level one CrossFit trainer, athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology, Enneagram coach, and mama to Bear and Camille. I'm passionate about helping people become the best versions of themselves. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Modern Mamas podcast. This is a a guest episode and to me, a very special episode because I actually get to chat with a friend. Welcome, Lakin, to the Modern Mamas podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) How long have we known each other? Do you know? Oh my goodness. At least... Six years. I feel like because we both, at least, yeah, yeah, we both, we got connected through Beauty Counter. We have been roommates at numerous yes. Beauty <laughs> Counter events. <laughs> and we just, you know, I, I would go out on a limb and say, besides, you know, the Beauty Counter connection, we just really like each other and we're yes. friends. <laughs> Absolutely. And so I've seen you. So today we have you on because you have been through it's just been so cool to watch. You've been through an evolution of you know who you are and the things that you've been interested in, how you show up online. And we have you on today to talk about postpartum fatigue as a functional diagnostic nutritionist, which is not something that you were doing before, before when we first got to know each other. And so we're going to have you on to chat about what it, exactly you do as an FDNP. And then we're going to talk specifically about the concept of postpartum fatigue because you and I were kind of like chatting through through message about how that is just like something that's, you know, I would say pretty common, but probably mm-hmm. not normal. Right, right. <laughs> not something that I think a lot of people just, you know, think I had a baby, I'm going to feel this way, it's just the way it is. But I know that you as a practitioner really work, work with your patients mm-hmm. to feel better and they can feel better. Right? Yep. Am I am I making yep. this up? Nope, not making it up. <laughs> so we're going to be chatting about that. But before we do, I'm just going to introduce you to the crew, the listener crew, with a little quick bio. So stand by. This is Lakin. Through the years, Lakin has gained personal experience in non-toxic living, nutrition, and overall wellness, and decided to pursue further education through the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Program. Through that program, she learned how to assist people through their nutrition and supplement journey, as well as suggesting functional labs to complete to dig into the root of their health concerns. She loves being able to teach people about different health topics and equip them to take charge of their own health journey. So that's you in a nutshell, friend. That's it. (laughs) 
<laughs> how long? Okay, I'm skipping ahead. I'm gonna I'm yeah, gonna rein go myself ahead. back in. I'm gonna rein myself back in because I know we're gonna talk about this in the episode, but. Like I mentioned before, today we're going to talk about postpartum fatigue. We're going to talk about what that actually looks like, why it can happen, and really from your perspective, how we can address that holistically and start to heal and feel better and feel more supportive. Lake, we're not saying that Lakin's going to teach you how to sleep through the night and your baby how to sleep through the night. Yeah. You may still have some sleep deprivation going on, but mm-hmm. in spite of that, we're going to talk about ways to kind of support, you know, as, as much as you can through that transition. But before right. we do... I would love, this is where I get to kind of shut my mic off and really just listen. I want to hear more about you, about how you kind of got to this point, found your quote unquote passion and why it is that you pursued this and why you are doing what you're doing now. Yeah, that can be a really long story. Take Uh, it as long as you need. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try to keep it succinct. Yeah, so I started nowhere in this field professionally. I started in the real estate world years and years ago, everything from banking to title company. But then fast forward, I had a baby and that was nine years ago, a little over nine years ago. And I had never really heard of a lot of the topics that I talk so much about now back then. But then there were some certain things that were going on with him and At the time, we were seeing a chiropractor on a regular basis, and we were taking my son there at two weeks old and on, and he had something come up, and I felt like I wanted to address it more of like a holistic perspective. So I called the chiropractor. We took him there, had an adjustment, which is great for what he had specifically going on, which was a suspected ear infection. And he gave us guidance to go to like the health food store, pick up a couple of different things to help support his immune system to fight whatever was going on. And he sent us for garlic ear oil and colloidal silver. And I had never heard of these things before, ever. And so we went there, we saw a pediatrician two days later, and there was no sign of ear infection. So that was my introduction to this holistic way of health, I personally, in the college specifically, was sick quite often. It has to do a lot with where I was working at the time now that I look back, but I was so used to taking a pill for whatever ailment came up, whether that was a migraine or whatever sinus infection. I had a lot of sinus issues And I was sick quite often in my early 20s. And so I was very used to going to urgent care, taking an antibiotic. That was my normal routine or a steroid shot or whatever the case may be. And so this introduction to holistic wellness through my son was a whole new world. And so that was the first peek into it. And that's kind of what you were talking about earlier, where this was nothing to do with what I was doing six years ago. It's just been this evolution. It's just been these steps in my personal journey. And that's what I think a lot of the times with health and wellness practitioners, anything in the functional wellness world, a lot of the times the reason why we come into this is because of our own health journeys. And that's the same for me. So since about 2010 or so, I dealt with anxiety and depression 
So up until this point, I had already tried a couple of different antidepressants, anti-anxiety medications. I didn't do very well with them. I had a, a huge range of symptoms, anything from a lot of weight gain to brain zaps. I mean, you name it, I had it. So after I had this introduction to this new way of looking at health and wellness, I started doing different things and that included going to a CrossFit gym and then going to a CrossFit gym and really working on functional fitness. I got introduced to other things through those people like more of looking at what you're eating and what you're taking in. And then down the road, seeing my own functional medicine practitioners and doctors and going down the testing route and looking at stool testing and micronutrient testing, everything like that. But it was over that 10-year, um, now 12, 13 years time frame where I started to really learn more and more and more about how we can really support the body to heal itself, but we can also do things like lifestyle adjustments and supplementation along the way to make that easier and provide more optimal health. Oh my gosh. I'm like nodding along because I feel like our, and I feel like we've talked about this to some extent, mm -hmm. like our stories are very similar. And I just always smile when I hear like a CrossFit come up in someone's journey too, because it's like, say what you will about CrossFit, but CrossFit can be such a kind of like a gateway into so many other positive lifestyle changes. Even if you Absolutely. don't stick with CrossFit, this yep. idea of like moving your body functionally, it's like at first it's a new concept for a lot of people. Cause it's like, well, what do you mean functionally? Like, you know, and how does that like trans translate into other areas? And then like, you know, same for me, it was like, okay, I'm doing CrossFit. And then what's paleo? Cause paleo was big back then. Oh, like you mean I shouldn't be eating packaged foods? Like I was a gas station corn dog eater and a diet Coke drinker. But while I was doing like intense marathon sessions, but it's so funny. Cause I just love to hear when CrossFit comes up in someone's journey. Cause even if they no longer do it, it usually is this like catalyst to just examining your life. It, right. Like from all health perspectives. So yeah, that's exactly what it did for me. And I don't yeah. do CrossFit anymore. So <laughs> I, I still work out at a CrossFit gym, but yeah. I, yeah, it, that's exactly what it did for me. And it's been something that I've, it's even still, I learned so much mm -hmm. through the people in mm -hmm. the gym consistently over the last, yeah, seven, eight years. Yeah. Okay. Well, so let's, let's kind of tiptoe into the next topic, which is, so that's, you kind of told us about your journey to where you are and now mm -hmm. you're a practicing functional diagnostic nutritionist. Yeah. And I remember when you told me you were going to do this program, cause I believe you were working at a chiropractic office and mm -hmm. they asked you if you'd be interested in doing it. And I, I feel like, and I could be putting words into your mouth, but I feel like there was a lot of like, cause you're a mom of two. Now you help your husband run business. Like you do a lot. I'm your beauty counter consultant. And it was like, I'm never going to get through this program. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so tell us more about this. Tell us what is I, I believe the technical like certification is FDNP. Tell us what it is. How did you get to be one? Like, what's the story behind that? How how long did the program take? And what really do you do as a functional diagnostic yeah. nutritionist? Yeah, I I it's a lot to take on, especially with all of what you were saying. 
on my plate, but it was very important to me for this specific program because there's lots of different programs out there. Like NTA is a really good one that I hear a lot about and I and but I really wanted to be able to support people that came into the practice by learning about functional labs and knowing how to interpret them, knowing how to read them, but also knowing what to do with those results, which is the biggest part. So I don't diagnose or treat any sort of condition. I don't have a medical license. I'm not a doctor. But we do use those things to be able to support our decisions on how we want to move forward and optimize whatever is going on. So we just really use it as like a health detection sort of thing. So yeah, FDN, the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Practitioner is a really long name. That's why we just go with FDNP. And the course is very involved. So not only does it go through those functional labs and goes through them in very a lot of detail, and it goes with the why behind what's going on with the results, which I loved. It goes in very quickly into the sciencey, geeky sort of thing. So it can be a little overwhelming at first, but then it goes into the how and the why. And then it goes into all of the other ways that you can help support. So it goes and talks about their dress protocol is what they call it. It's the acronym and it's diet, rest, exercise, stress management, and supplementation. And we talk a lot about how those five pillars go together and not just one is more important than the other. So the certification took about, it can take up to a year. You can do it as fast as you want to. It's a self-paced course. But the real nitty gritty part is at the end, there's a very, very comprehensive written exam that you have to do. And then you have to do a verbal exam as well. So you act as the practitioner, as you're graduated already and everything's good to go. You have to act on that verbal exam like you're with a client and you walk through testing and you go through all of the results and you go through recommendations. And then afterwards, you kind of have a conversation with the mentor that does the exam with you. And then you can pass from there. But I loved that part about it. It was very intimidating going into it. But after that, I definitely felt very prepared to be able to go into the real world and help people. So the other cool thing is with where I get to practice and where I get to see people through our office is that I work really, really closely with a IFM practitioner, which is Institute of Functional Medicine practitioner. She's a doctor of chiropractic. So for a good six months to a year, I was seeing patients with her. So not only was I studying through this program, but I was also seeing patients with her at the same time. So done other programs and done other certifications. I'm always learning something. I'm in a course right now. So it's never ending. But this was a great catalyst to be able to get into the field for sure. Oh my gosh, it's, it's extensive and really, Very. really, really cool. And I love... I mean, I think that, you know, you had mentioned like NTA and I I just think there's so many really good certifications out there, but I love too kind of what you were focusing on, like the idea of being able to test, test and not guess is like, you know, where I kind of lean to in like all aspects of my life, but like using that information, I just think that that's so powerful and who would be, 
I, I want to kind of go through all this before we, we dive into our topic, because I just yeah. really want people to understand like where you're coming from. But who would be a good candidate for working with someone like you? Or is everyone? I was gonna say, or is everyone a good candidate? <laughs> Everyone's a good candidate. I see so many different people, from all the way to someone who's been dealing with chronic things for twenty plus years, to someone who comes and they just want to see what their baseline is. Maybe they haven't had testing done in a really long time, or they just want to switch like certain things up, and they just want to kind of have this person to have a conversation with or accountability is another one. So they might not have that accountability anywhere else in their life. And so they do it through this. So sometimes it's just optimizing what they're already doing. There really isn't anything underlying to something that's been going on for a really long time. Gotcha. And I just feel like if we all really just tuned in to our bodies for, you know, a minute or two, I'm sure there's stuff I mean, maybe there's a, a portion of the, I'm speaking as an almost 40 year old woman here who has like <laughs> starting to get many aches and pains and weird things happening. But I feel like there's, you know, there's always room to just get things dialed in. So I love that you mentioned that it's pretty much for everyone. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to dive into this topic. I'm just so intrigued by what you're going to teach us about postpartum fatigue. So let's talk about it. What is in your experience I think, you know, we all, something comes to mind when we think of the term postpartum fatigue, but in your Mm -hmm. experience, what does that really entail? Is it a medical condition? Is it just, you know, a cluster of symptoms? Like what is postpartum fatigue to you? I mean, postpartum fatigue, a lot of women that have babies experience it. It's very common, like upwards of like 60 something percent of women, I think have postpartum fatigue. But when we look at it, as far as like a medical condition goes, it's more of how severe the symptoms are that you're experiencing and or how long they're lasting. So, yes, it's very common to feel very tired after having a baby. You're up all hours of the night and you've also gone through like this traumatic thing. Like it's very traumatic for your body to be able to heal after having a baby, whether it's vaginal or cesarean. So it can be a lot on the body to be able to go through that process. And then I would say most of the time, a couple of weeks after giving birth, if it's not kind of getting a little bit better, I would definitely go to your primary care physician or your OBGYN or something, and then just kind of see if that's something that they want to do testing for or what's going on. Is probably what I would gauge as far as a timeline goes. Hi friends, Jess here to chat meat. Meat specifically in stick form and meat specifically in stick form that is grass-fed and delicious. I'll be honest, when I used to think of meat sticks, I used to think of artificially colored, bland, over-processed tubes of yuck. That is until I met Paleo Valley beef sticks and they changed my relationship with meat in stick form forever. Paleo Valley beef sticks are 100% grass-fed and finished beef from American farmers who practice rotational grazing. Not only are the beef sticks packed with more nutrition than conventionally raised meat sticks, but they are made using old-world fermentation methods, which results in a shelf-stable product without the potentially harmful chemical additives. Because of that fermentation process, they're packed with gut-healthy probiotics and free of yucky hydrogenated oils, making it a truly tasty and yummy snack for any time of day. I keep at least five in my purse at all times for snack emergencies. 
kiddo soccer game fuel, hangry moments, or car line pickups. Our kids love them and will eat the teriyaki flavor anytime, any day. If you want to check out Paleo Valley's beef sticks and invest in a healthy snack that's good for you and the environment, head over to www.paleovalley.com forward slash modern mamas and use the code modern mamas at checkout for 15% off your order. Get you some. What are some kind of bullet point signs and symptoms for postpartum fatigue? Cause I know, okay, postpartum fatigue, we think, okay, I feel tired, but are there mm-hmm. any like kind of, if you can give us just a quick rundown beyond feeling tired for, cause I'll be honest, like if <laughs> I still feel tired and my kids are yeah. nine and six almost, you're still postpartum. <laughs> yes. Postpartum is forever, forever. but you know, is it just general feelings of fatigue? Is it brain fog? Is it gut? Is it, you know, you know, are there any things that you see just come up over and over and over over again with your clients? It's more of like that overwhelming sense of like exhaustion where you can't ever like in the beginning, you might feel that, but weeks on end after, and you just can't get out of that or not just physically, but like emotionally and mentally, like you're mm-hmm. just drained all of the time. You have zero energy, can't concentrate, like the brain fog sort mm-hmm. of thing that you're saying, overwhelmed, like severely overwhelmed feeling, or maybe some of those, you know, postpartum anxiety or postpartum depression. You're kind of wondering if that's something that's happening. Trouble sleeping too is another one. So even though you're super, super tired, might be in that state of like being tired but yet wired Mm -hmm. and so that might be a sign of something underlying there too so those are some of them a lot of the times they get blamed on like well that's just how it is after (laughs) having a baby Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. that's where it's just that overwhelming part of it or how long it's been going on oh my goodness I'm like thinking back my first postpartum experience was just I mean, it's postpartum fatigue in like every way, mm-hmm. shape or form. I never really truly got help, but it wasn't until Bear started sleeping and I've shared this story on the podcast that I was actually like, I, I, there were moments where I, I was just a walking zombie. Like, I don't know how I made it through the day. And it was the same. Like it was cause I didn't feel tired until like a week or two after he was first born. Cause I was so wired. Like the cortisol mm-hmm. was so high because I had a stressful birth experience. We were in the hospital for about a week after he was born. And then after that, it was like my milk wouldn't come in. And it was just like, you know, I was like pumping at home without a baby because we weren't able to stay in the hospital. And so I was waking up when I probably should have been sleeping. Like I was just waking myself up out of like sleep cycles and it wasn't, like I didn't feel that tiredness that kind of like settled in Mm -hmm. until, you know, a few weeks after he had come home and like the cortisol, I think started to diminish. Yeah. (laughs) From that whole experience. And then it was like, Whoa, I Mm -hmm. can't function. I can't function. But it was the same. It was like, he would sleep, you know, during the day. And I'm like, "I I can't sleep. I can't take a nap. Or even at night, it was like, you'd lay your head down to sleep and you were so tired, so exhausted. I couldn't sleep. It was just, it was such a cycle. Anyways, I, the things I wish I would have known, (laughs) but it's all, it's all, it's all, it all worked out thankfully, but hopefully we can help some people by sharing these, you know, these tips and you know, how it can actually be helped. So in your practice, how often do you see women coming in with like these signs and symptoms of postpartum fatigue? 
Is it fairly I common? Mean, yeah, very, very often. Uh, it's quite often. But I mean, we also have an office practice that has different modalities of health care within mm-hmm. it. And that is our primary focus of the practice is women and childbearing ages and kids. So mm. we see women from before pregnancy, during pregnancy, after postpartum, and then through their infant and child years. There's everything from chiropractic care to functional medicine and then lactation consulting. So we are very focused specifically Mm. on that. Mm -hmm. So we see Mm -hmm. a lot of it because of that reason. Gotcha. Well, that's cool. I mean, this Mm -hmm. is like your wheelhouse. I mean, not cool that you're seeing people (laughs) who are not feeling their best, but cool that that's kind of like your area of expertise and we get to chat with you about it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's like, I'm excited to get to the nitty gritty. So as an FDNP, like what is your general approach when you are going to, I mean, however you want to walk us through it, like from when someone comes in the door and there you kind of identify that they're going through this, like how do you support someone who you believe is experiencing postpartum fatigue? Yeah. So we would treat it as just as the person. So we don't just look at what exactly they're experiencing. We really just start with where you're at today. And with, with this specific kind of way of practicing, it's from this functional approach. So like on the first appointment, even before the first appointment, we do a very, very, very in-depth intake form. And so that goes through your birth until your age now and everything in between that uh, you've gone through. And that can be anything from like what I was talking about earlier, where I took antibiotics a lot, or Mm -hmm. I did a lot, I had a lot of gut issues, a ton of gut issues. And so we go through everything that you have gone through in your past, but also what's going on right now. And so a lot of the times, specifically postpartum, is sometimes what you're dealing with now, it's just starting to show up because it's kind of just been like this filling the bucket like mm-hmm. over the years. And then now it's just pouring over, right? Because mm-hmm. there's this major event that just happened and now everything's starting to pop up. And so it could be that a lot of these things were kind of just there before, but you weren't really experiencing any symptoms from those. So anything from like micronutrient deficiencies where you're not really having, you're having some absorption problems. So you might have some gut issues. So you've heard like you are what you eat, but, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the case, but it's not really, you are what you eat. It's what you absorb. Mm. So this could be something that you could have been dealing with previously to getting pregnant. And that we need so much more of that during pregnancy. And now you've just gone through this process of birth. And so that might be you know, contributing to a lot of the different things that you're feeling now, which fatigue. So uh, magnesium, zinc, iron, all of those different things, those could be low. And so we go through all of the different life stages that you've gone through before we start doing some like guessing on where we need to be doing for testing. So that's what you were talking about earlier is testing and not guessing. And that's like the key slogan of FDN. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so I, mm-hmm. I loved that you said that, <laughs> which not all the times we don't ever require testing to be done at our mm-hmm. practice, just because sometimes financially you can't, right? Mm-hmm. But if you want to get done 
quickly. That's the best way to be able to do it, to really look at everything that's going on, whether that's through blood work or doing hormone testing, adrenal testing, like looking at your circadian rhythm and cortisol and where it's at at different points during the day. So that could be something that's contributing towards fatigue or micronutrient testing, looking at your vitamins and how those are looking. So like even things like vitamin D, everyone's pretty much familiar with that, but that's a huge contributor to fatigue overall. Mm -hmm. So we would really go through that. It's a very comprehensive appointment on your first appointment. And that's where we would go through what we would suggest testing wise. And then we would talk through the different testing. So I don't know if you want me to talk through the different tests. Oh yeah, please, please do. Like, you know, I mean, the main ones that you would probably look to would be great. Yeah. So most of the time, postpartum fatigue or anyone else, we always suggest blood work. If you haven't had that done within like the last three months or so. And we keep that pretty streamlined as far as what we typically recommend. And most people, if you go to a conventional doctor, this is stuff that it's very common for them to run to, but you can do like a complete blood count, CBC, everyone's pretty much heard of that. And then CMP. And those are really good at looking like your electrolyte balance, your white blood cells, your red blood cells, and kind of gives us an overall glimpse of how things are going. But then we go in a little bit deeper and we would typically go with a full iron panel. So not only just total iron, because so much of the time too, like iron deficiency anemia can be a major thing in pregnancy and then postpartum. And that can contribute a ton to fatigue. So we will also look at a marker called ferritin, which is very sensitive as far as your iron stores go. So we can look at that and see how that looks. Another one is a full thyroid panel. So thyroid health contributes a ton to how things are balanced within the body. And that can really be affected by pregnancy. I think like 5 to 10% of women can get an autoimmune state of thyroiditis up to one year after pregnancy. So a lot of the times it can just start with like an inflamed thyroid due to pregnancy. And then it can turn into things like hyperthyroidism and then turn into hypothyroidism sometimes. So we like to get a full picture of what that looks like for thyroid health. So we do TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone, free T4, free T3, total T3, total T4. And those are really looking at like inactive thyroid hormone and also conversion to active thyroid hormone. So it's really important to get this full picture of what's going on and not just a couple of different markers. And that's the difference too with functional medicine is we do more of a comprehensive look, especially at the thyroid picture. And then we would also do thyroid antibodies. So thyroid globulin antibodies and thyroid pro peroxidase antibodies. And that's where we can kind of look at like the autoimmune side of things and just kind of rule it out. And that's what we're doing a lot of the times is looking at this overall picture and looking for hints and clues at whatever's going on so that we can either guide you towards maybe you might need medication so we don't prescribe or do anything like that, but we can guide you to your doctor and take those test results with you. And you might need that for some period of time, especially when it comes to thyroid. But we can also do things to help guide with lifestyle adjustments and supplementation and nutrition. So 
besides that and regular blood work, we would also do, let's see, a lipid panel, possibly looking at lipid panel inflammation markers like HSCRP. There's a bunch of different ones. You could also do like some testing as far as micronutrients go, which is like magnesium. It's used for so many different functions in the body. Zinc, copper, selenium, iodine, which those all contribute towards thyroid health. So there's a bunch of different things that you can do in blood work. And a lot of the times that's the most accessible way for people to do testing. So we see people in the state of Florida and we can order blood work through insurance. So typically it's covered pretty well, depending upon your plan. But we also see people out of the state and we work through a company called Rupa Health. And it's very cost efficient when it comes to doing cash-based labs, which is really, really nice. But you can also go and take our suggestions for testing for blood work to your primary physician if you're out of state and say, I would really like to get these tests done and this is why, can you run them? And if they can run them, then they can go through your insurance. And a lot of the times, like I said, it's covered pretty well. So that's a a big first step is where we go for most people before you move into functional labs, which I can talk about if you want me to. Oh my gosh. I'm just like, I think it's just such great information. And I love that you touched on thyroid. And I know a lot Mm -hmm. more people are are getting more aware of it because I even know like when I first got my thyroid tested by my like primary care doctor in the postpartum period, they were like, they checked, like, I think there's like three or four standard Mm -hmm. things that they check on most like standard thyroid panels and he was like you're fine and I'm like but I don't feel fine and I went through and I don't know if this is what you normally see but you kind of had mentioned this a little bit but like I lost a lot of weight after birth Mm -hmm. very quickly I, I look back at pictures and I'm like oh my gosh like I I don't know what happened and then like especially after my second pregnancy I started showing symptoms of like kind of like a sluggish thyroid and Mm -hmm. just like all of them, like thinning hair and like, you know, just inability to like sleep well and some like unexplained weight gain and like all this stuff that I had never dealt with before. And it wasn't until I did like kind of more of like a full I'm doing air quotes. You can't see, but like thyroid panel that someone was like, actually like your thyroid isn't like in tip top shape. Right. (laughs) And so a lot of the times though, they're just looking for this, like ginormous number of TSH, mm-hmm. right? Because that's like, or really low. So mm-hmm. really low would be hyperthyroidism. So losing weight really easily. Mm-hmm. But then hypothyroidism is where it's under functioning. And that tends to be like, it needs to be pretty high for you to be diagnosed typically mm-hmm. in the conventional medicine. But there's also suboptimal, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you c- it could be barely out of range when it comes to optimal range, but you could have a lot of these same symptoms. Mm-hmm. But more than likely, they were testing TSH and free T4 most of the time. That's what they run. So running those other numbers, you can also see how you can possibly need some support for thyroid health if those numbers are out of range or if it's something like autoimmunity. Right. I feel like it just gives you a bigger picture, a Mm -hmm. bigger, more information to formulate a more true picture of like what's actually going on. So I love that you mentioned that. I love that you walk through all the tests and it seems like a lot from what you were kind of running through, but 
you know, I, I've only done like a full blood panel myself once, once in my whole life. Have I? Mm -hmm. No, twice. I take that back twice, but I, you know, I'm 38 and I just feel like it, it, there should be more for me at least. And this is probably just a me thing. Like I, I feel like those like regularly getting a snapshot of how snapshot of how your body is functioning. It's such a good practice. If you can, if you, you know, like you mentioned, have insurance that can help you or find a cash option that's affordable. Yeah. I'm interested. I just am so fascinated by the testing. What are the functional you had mentioned? Those were kind of standard labs and then you have some functional tests that you also run. Yeah, so other functional tests that we would consider specifically to postpartum fatigue would be a big one would be the micronutrient or nutrient Mm -hmm. testing. And there's a couple of different ones. We like a couple of ones from Genova Diagnostics that we use. The metabolomics is a good option if you don't want to do or don't like to get your blood drawn. And you can do it at home. It's just a urine-based test, but it goes through a bunch of different things as far as micronutrients goes, but also goes through like amino acids and some organic acids testing and detoxification markers and that sort of thing. And then the other one is the Nutra eval from Genova Diagnostics, but that requires a first morning void of urine and then also a blood draw. So it really just depends on the person that we're seeing, but those are really, really good because it not only does it give you this it's very comprehensive. It's a lot of information mm-hmm. as far as nutrients go, but it also gives like recommended dosing and everything. So it's really, really nice to see exactly. So you might be taking some supplements mm-hmm. and maybe it's not enough or maybe it's too much for you. And so we really specifically at the practice that I am at, we, we like to only pinpoint where we need supplementation mm-hmm and fill it in the other ways with food and nutrition. Mm -hmm. Supplementation is really good to be able to fill the void, but it should be just to fill the void. So absolutely. I love that. Okay. So we've got, you've done a bunch of testing. You kind Mm -hmm. of, so so you've got your client in front of you or your patient that's coming in with all these symptoms. You've done your testing. And then what are we normally, what are, I know like every person is going to be different, right? Like (laughs) (laughs) that's going to be the hard part is that like, you can't just say this is a blanket thing to, for treatment. It's only, (laughs) (laughs) but give us maybe just one scenario or maybe a common, a more common scenario. How would you then start to address this person's symptoms with things like supplements, diet, stress management, sleep, all of, all of that that's in your wheelhouse? Yeah. Supplementation is probably the biggest thing that we're relying upon testing for, but as far as like sleep and lifestyle adjustments, stress management and everything like that, we think about this specific period of time and when it comes to support too, and I know you guys have talked about this on the podcast, like postpartum health and help around the house and everything. And it's kind of preparing for this phase and also allowing yourself to ask for help because yes, you're going to be waking up multiple times a night, but also during the day, getting help from family, friends, or a doula, postpartum doula, or something like that, to be able to get that rest and relaxation in during the day too. It's not just at night that we can get that those hours of sleep in. It's the most optimal, but also we have to think about where we're at too in this current season. And then nutrition-wise, I know for me personally, I was I I spent a lot 
more time nursing the baby and doing things with the baby. And then also second time with a toddler too, that I just forgot to eat. Like I would just, I just forgot to take care of myself. And so having a lot of those things prepped ahead of time that are nutrient dense, it's very, very helpful. And then also relying on other people to help you with that too is nice. So a lot of it's covered under like nutrition and lifestyle management is to ask for help is the biggest thing that I see specifically is just to get out of that state of overwhelm because it is overwhelming. A lot is happening and a lot, a lot is changing, but to be able to rely on other people and to let yourself rely on other people during this time too. Gosh, why is that so hard? <laughs> it's so hard. I was not good at it. <laughs> I was not good at it and or I just, no one ever really, I've talked about this on the podcast too before. A, and I, you know, I can't, we can't mention this without like also acknowledging that like not everyone has the resources to like hire a house cleaner or get a meal service or, you know, get postpartum, like pay someone to come help you. And then some people just don't have those familiar resources either. Like maybe they're in a new place where they aren't, they don't know people or maybe their family is, they don't. They don't trust their family to come over and watch a kiddo or to take care of them. And I just feel like I want to acknowledge that briefly because it's, you know, it's, it's, it seems like an easy thing. Like, and this is something that we all have heard over and over again, like stress management and rest and get help and ask for help. And I just really want to acknowledge that like some people are really going to have to really, really think about this a lot more than others and really, really work through their plan. And it's it's not impossible. I, I still feel like it's not impossible, even if you feel like you lack the financial resources or the familiar familial support. Like maybe it won't be perfect, but I still feel like, and maybe this is an episode that Laura and I can tackle too. Like, how do you plan for getting a supportive postpartum period when you you may may not have those resources, right? Because I do think it's just like you're saying. It's like it's so important. It's it's mm-hmm. like a foundationally important to be able to, you know, at least have some time to rest or recover and heal because I mean your body is like you just you grew a human from yeah. literally nothing and then you pushed it out or you had surgery, however your baby came into the world, and now it's like people just kind of like expect you to just would go. <laughs> there back. you go. You've got your baby. Like, congratulations and go yep. do what you need to do. And it's just, it's not, I just, I, I guess I'm just going on a rant because I don't have an answer. I just yeah. more frustration with the like, just the current situation in most people's yeah. lives. You know what I mean? I feel like in that instance, which I can relate to, it just, if you have that time beforehand to kind of work through like during pregnancy. And again, that might not be the case. Like you might be on bed rest or something Mm -hmm. and it might not be able to happen, but planning ahead of time, Mm -hmm. we don't know that we're going to go into like the severe postpartum fatigue. But if that is the case, like having some preparation ahead of time can be helpful, like freezer meals Mm -hmm. or whatever, Mm -hmm that might be or finding childcare on a regular basis, like mm-hmm. through some sort of not someone coming to your house, but like some sort of childcare if you have other children at home too. But also on the side, I kind of want to just touch on this a little bit because I forgot to mention it earlier, but so a lot of what 
is kind of at the root of whatever this might, it might be causing the postpartum fatigue, whether it is something with a thyroid or iron deficiency or whatever the case may be. I, if you are thinking about getting pregnant, the optimal time to do testing, if you haven't done testing is obviously right now. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But if you are thinking about getting pregnant and this is something that you're thinking, Oh, well, I wonder if that is, you know, if I'm going to deal with that, then a good way to go into pregnancy is knowing whether you have these things or not. Mm -hmm. So then prepping ahead of time, because like I was saying earlier, like the tip of the bucket is just kind of like overfilling. Mm -hmm. If we can kind of address these things ahead of time, whether it's, you know, absorbing your food correctly or better or optimally, because maybe your gut is having a difficult time or maybe something with your specific genetics or something, you have a hard, harder time, then we can kind of address that ahead of time so that maybe you won't deal with some, some sort of underlying root cause to postpartum fatigue. Yeah, I love that. I, I, I think that's great. People ask us all the time, like, I'm thinking about getting pregnant, what should I do? And, yeah. you know, within it, it's like, I, I never really thought about that kind of going through this we don't think about like testing and getting help until there's mm -hmm. like a problem like we feel like there's a problem but it's mm -hmm. just like I love that analogy of the bucket we use this when we talk about like environmental exposure to like toxins and stuff like you're fine until you're you're not fine because you've been kind of adding these things in and in and you're holding it I mean you're okay and then it just starts to spill out because it's a cumulative effect and so I love thinking of it at that point like if one of the best ways to avoid going through postpartum fatigue or, you know, health issues in that postpartum period is to see, see where you're at in relation to that bucket before you yeah. enter into it. So I love that so much. We kind of, have we hit all the major, major things about kind of what it looks like and what you're testing for and what you're doing to support? Are we missing anything big? No, I think so. I mean, I could talk about this all day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's many, many facets to it. But how long, My one of my questions is, how long will it take typically? And I, again, I know it's all individual, which is why you can't tell us just exactly yeah. what supplements to take and all of that stuff, because it's going to be so individual. But when you kind of start putting someone on here with maybe an average case and you start them on some sort of protocol or process, how long are we typically are you typically looking for your client, your patients to start to see some relief before you like switch things up? Like what's a typical kind of recovery look like for you? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say just because everyone's so different, but, and depending upon like what's at the root of whatever is going on, mm -hmm. but I would like to say, I would like to see something change over a, about you know, two weeks or something that we're seeing some sort of improvement. Mm -hmm. And then at about four to six weeks is kind of when we follow back up, see how things are going, and then we make adjustments to it at that point. Yeah, that sounds sounds pretty standard. I feel like I wanted to ask that question because I know sometimes people are like, well, I tried it. Yeah. And it didn't work, but it's like, uh, did you give it, did you give it any time? Or, you know, I mm -hmm. feel like there's just that delicate balance of like giving it enough time to work versus trying something and it not working and then like not pivoting. So I'm, I'm glad that you spoke to that a little bit. Well, I mm -hmm. mean, I feel like we covered most everything. And like you said, I feel like I could continue talking your ear off forever. <laughs> but I mean, I would love to know if there's any parting words that you have either about working with someone like yourself or postpartum fatigue or just anything in general that you'd want to share on this topic? 
I would just say if you feel like something is going on and it's been there that's underlying, but you're not sure if it's something that maybe, so you've been told, okay, well, this is just postpartum. You just had a baby and this is just how it is. But it's just something that you feel like is that you need to have checked out. I would have it checked out. Mm -hmm. And a great way to do that is with like a functional health practitioner. And so you're not going to just go in and have a 15 minute consult and just be out there with possibly a prescription. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of work up front, time-wise mm-hmm. too, but it's a way for you to be able to go through it and really change things and create more of this optimal health picture that most of us, everyone that I talk to pretty much, that's what they want. They just don't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. And so it's a good way to be able to go in and really look at those five different pillars really of health and see how you can change just a little bit to be able to make those work together a little bit better. So I love that. Thanks, friends. This was yeah. great. I, I really think there are going to be some people listening in who are going to kind of, you know, perk up or resonate slash be interested in, you know, everything that you have to say here about postpartum fatigue. Cause I feel like whether it's been like quote unquote diagnosed or not, I feel like a lot of us have been there who have had, had mm-hmm. kiddos and it's relatable. It's, it's very relatable. Like you had mentioned, you know, a very high percentage of women are experiencing this in their postpartum periods. And so let's just not gloss it over. Like let's talk about it and like, mm-hmm. let's let people feel empowered that, Hey, there's actually things that we can do to feel better in this period. And then it doesn't have to be like, you know, the, excuse my language, like the crap show that like people yep. always paint it out to be and that there's options. So thank you, friend. Thank you so much for coming on. You're such a wealth of information. And if people are interested in learning more from you or your services, like where can we find you? How can we connect with you? Tell us about your, your online self. Yeah. So I'm over on Instagram. It's where you'll find me. It's at Miss Laken Williams, M S L A I K E N Williams. And then I practice with Growing Green Families. And so if you are interested in looking at services or anything like that, you can go to the website. It's www.gg families.com. Awesome. Well, thanks, friend. I hope you have a good rest of your day. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time. Bye.